You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. Welcome back to Under the Shield Presents, I got it right, Fight in Progress. (laughs) And I'm Susan Simmons, your host, along with... Tom the Bomb. (laughs) <laughs> we got to come up with a better name now that I you're know. retired. Yeah, and all my kids graduated. Yeah, and, we only yeah. did TomTheBomb.com because you were still working right. for Tempe, Arizona Police Department. That's right. As a motor cop, we can talk about it all we want That's now. That's right, and they can't do anything about it. Not a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've had another adventure this week. Only you were with me this time. No, that was last week. Well, last week. But did we talk about it? I don't, I don't think we talked about it. No, I don't think we did. I almost got Tom and I put in jail in Mexico, <laughs> make, making a wrong turn down on the border. when We were down in Douglas to teach, and we both had guns. And we're like, uh-oh. Turn around. <laughs> so I'm literally backing up into one-way traffic, make a U-turn. Into one-way traffic. Into one-way traffic. <laughs> I figured the traffic citation was going to be a lot less painful than Mexico with guns and no mm-hmm. real cash between us exactly to pay anybody off yeah but we will have that conversation with border patrol in a few weeks and find out what would really happen? what would really happen? <laughs> what do you border patrol agents do hypothetically speaking <laughs> so yeah you continue to see the adventures here you know we went to lake havasu I, I, we don't, I don't even want to say uneventful. We went across the London the Bridge. The London Bridge. And it didn't fall, so. Well, I'd have been pissed if it had because we were not in a Hertz rental car. True. And for the audience that has heard trains, planes, and automobiles, American Airlines and Hertz ain't done a damn thing. Yet. Except or still. Except Hertz <laughs> hasn't called me anymore in two oh, that's good. So I guess they found their car. Which uh, yeah. I could have cared less about that. It could have burned for all I cared. <clears throat> and uh, so, yeah, so we'll we'll see. But, boy, American Airlines, y'all have been really screwing the pooch here, boys Ooh, and girls. Yes, they have. They, I mean, every day. I wonder how many more $12 vouchers are given out. I don't know. But <laughs> I suggest they up that at least a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that might not be a bad idea. Cover the Coca-Cola in Dallas is Fort Worth, would you? <laughs> But I saw, I think it was today, they canceled something like 3,000 flights in the month of November. And I'm going. We're not even there yet. But but that's Thanksgiving. That's their <laughs> yeah. busiest month. Yeah. Y'all are idiots at American Airlines, all I'm going to say to you. But again, be thankful for Hertz because I'm, I'm madder at Hertz. That's true. That I am at American <laughs> Airlines. But you both suck. And I'll continue to say that till I hear from them. So. Anyway, we have a very interesting guest who is here on Zoom looking at us like, oh, I got to go back and listen to that podcast. What the heck happened? (laughs) It was was quite a trip. I'd rather go by horse and buggy all the way back. My son gets married in Alabama in December. I told him I'm starting your way in October, and I may roll up in a horse and buggy because I ain't going American Airlines. I was going to say, you're probably not going to go American Airlines. No, and and that means all other airlines be forewarned. You screw me, I wind up talking bad about you on the podcast the rest of my life. You're going to get put on the do not fly list. (laughs) That might not be a bad deal. (laughs) Anyway, we have a 
Um, very interesting person on our podcast today, someone I am honored. I don't know if he agree with me, but I'm honored to call a friend. I, I hope he considers <laughs> me a friend. <laughs> We've known each other a while. In a while, about 12 years, I think. Yeah, yeah, we have Sheriff, and I still can't believe I'm calling you Sheriff, <laughs> Mike Neal <laughs> from Arkansas. Sheriff for eight years, yeah. Yeah, you know. When long you, years at that. When you first told me you were going to be Sheriff, I really thought you were just yanking my chain. <laughs> oh, they, they elected me, and hopefully they'll continue to elect me. We'll oh, Mike is up for re-election. They'd be stupid not to. And because, uh, you know, Mike's Mike's kind of the the sheriff I would like to be that I believe in shooting people when they need it. Well, yeah. you know, that's and he's done it. Happens. That's right. <laughs> and he's that's done it. Sure. And uh, okay, I've seen me do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sheriff. What I hear Susan always says, she'd like to be a sheriff or a police chief for a small amount of time. Cause that's all it would last. And you're, would you be in agreement with that? It'd probably be a short, yeah, a couple of days <laughs> in, in the uh, in the environment we're in in today. Yes, it's it might be uh, pretty comical. <laughs> it's very difficult to to be the sheriff. I'm sure. I bet you'd come work for me if you weren't sheriff. I would. Yep, I'd, I'd go down on the ship with you. I guess. <laughs> See, and you meet the requirement because my requirement to work for me is you got to have at least one kill. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I got three of those, so we're good to go. And I'm gonna put a poster of a billboard on the outside of the county or the city that says my people will kill you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you need it, that's for sure. Yeah. Mike, like, and uh, I've been on some, Mike and I've been on some of those training adventures. He yeah, likes to make have. U-turns over medians, to yeah. which I did not follow. <laughs> I went to I might, the have, might have done that in uh, Texas a couple weeks ago, jumped the median. So my kids were asleep in the car and I woke up like, what is going on? I was like, don't worry about it. Shut up. Dad's just driving. <laughs> yeah, we, well, like I said, we, we've had some, some interesting times and adventures and he's come a long way. I, I really hope you'll tell your story about Chicago PD coming down to visit you. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was uh, that was that was a memorable, more memorable for them, I believe, than me. First being in Arkansas, but second, uh, riding with you, and uh, we'll get to that. Before our audience, who may not know exactly who we're talking about, uh, we are referencing um, Mike. When I first met him, uh, he was in a training that Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman and I did in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And it was like less than a month, I think, after it was quick shooting. Yeah. And uh, Dave and I sat with him at a table, and Mike's showing us all of his video and stuff. And Dave's kicking me under the table, looking at me like, <laughs> "You need to get that boy on your couch." <laughs> <laughs> that was a tough time, that's for sure. Yeah, Mike was involved in a little incident in West Memphis, Arkansas, uh, involving some sovereign citizens, and we're going to let him kind of give us the thumbnail on all of that and then what he's doing and everything else he's been involved in and all the crazy stuff. I can remember, I really hate I don't have video and pictures from the Duck Hunting Lodge. Oh, man. Beautiful place. Yeah, but mm -hmm. yeah, but it was more about what you fools were doing outside at night. <laughs> I don't remember any of that. I know. <laughs> let's just, I'll let's, plead the fifth on that. I've heard that story. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put it this way. I decided to sleep under my bed. <laughs> 
I don't oh, remember. It might have been some, some gunfire, but I don't remember. <laughs> Y'all were having fun. You were all in a row. Nobody was in any danger except maybe the possums and yeah, whatever moves. Whatever was in front of us, yeah. You were at a duck hunting lodge. Come on. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. It was just the middle of the night was the interesting part. I woke uh, up. It happens. <laughs> That's for so sure. Anyway, Mike, give us your background. Talk to us about what you've done yeah. and how you got here. Well, uh, so I'm on my 24th year in law enforcement, uh, started in 98 as a reserve officer right here in this building, uh, that I'm now sheriff in Monroe County, Arkansas, I've made the full circle, uh, spent nine years as a deputy and then went on to be a game warden, spent seven years as a game warden. And, uh, now I've been the sheriff for eight years on top of that, spent 10 years in fire service, retired as a captain. Actually, it was about 11 years. Uh, so I've kind of been around it all. Yeah, seen, yeah I've seen you, enough. But you got to tell them how you were raised first because that's. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that, I do. I, I tell that in my story everywhere I go. I, I was born and raised in a funeral home. You know, I didn't I didn't realize I was weird growing up. I thought I was normal. I thought I was like everybody else. You know, if your daddy sold used cars, my daddy sold caskets. I thought it was normal. And uh, I didn't realize that until uh, I started trying to date girls. And they were like, hell no, cast-free little you know, you know, We're not going out with you. And then, yeah, then they realized I had a limousine. And that, you know, that shit worked out pretty good. So, Yeah. When I was going to Arkansas, Mike couldn't understand why I didn't want to stay in the family home. Yeah. Yeah, she wants to stay in the funeral. I was like, it's normal. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's just a house. We'll keep the castle. We'll see some dead people. You're good. I just didn't know who was down in the basement. That was my bigger concern. Uh, When I got out of the military, I worked as an electrician for a couple years, and we had to do a remodel on the funeral home. And I had to go, I had the pleasure of going into the crawl space underneath the funeral home. That was, yeah, that was quite a treat. No, yeah, no, so I, there, I worked in Memphis, and they had a crawl space, like a little tunnel. That's how this in was. the basement that went out <laughs> under the highway. And I grew up in a funeral home, and I was like, "Hell no, I'm not crawling in that. I'm not stupid, you know." And they're like, "Let's that go stupid. in there." I'm like, "Nope, I'm not going." You're not, not that, that stupid. stupid. That's exactly. Right. I'm Let's not getting it in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's been an interesting ride knowing Mike now for. Well, since 2010, because that your event yeah. that led to you coming to our training was in May, what, May 20th, 2010. Isn't that right? At 119 and 37 seconds. Yeah. Yep. And uh, okay. end of the second. my hat's off to him. And all I can say is he had guardian angels with him that day. Yes, he did. And truly. Still have them. Yes. I have, a, I have one that stays mad at me. I'm pretty sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dumb stuff. I think God just uses you like he uses me for entertainment. I think so, too. Watch what this stupid idiot will do this time. Watch it. They're getting their popcorn out and watching. Then they're like, oh, crap, we've got to intervene. Because when when you had the shooting in West Memphis, you you had been a deputy prior. I had, And had a fatal shooting. I had, yeah. I'd been in two shootouts before that. Oh, okay. And then that was my third, and then we got in two more afterwards. So tell so. us about that day, because that story is well, quite interesting. Well, too, first, but- why did you leave from being a deputy to True. go to the Game and Fish? Well, deputy, so that's that's really a story of its own. I never wanted to be a game warden. 
I, I, I never hunted. I never fished. I didn't know anything about it. I, I was, I was not. So there's, there's two different types of officers in the, in the wildlife industry. And one of them is a game warden. One of them's a wildlife officer. Right. Well, a game warden can tell you every species and what it eats and poops. That was not me. Uh, a wildlife officer was a police officer or deputy dressed in a, a game warden's uniform. And that's what I was. Cause they would ask me, Hey, Neil, what kind of duck is that? And I'd be like, that's a dead duck. I, I don't, I don't know. You know, uh, what kind of fish is that dead fish? I, I really don't know. You know, I wasn't that good of, of a game warden, but I always wanted to be a trooper. I grew up as a kid wanting to be a trooper and never could get hired. State police would not look at me. They would not hire me. And that's all I ever wanted was be a trooper. And finally, a game warden taught me into being a game warden. I was like, I don't even know. I've never seen a game warden. You're the only one I've ever seen. And he's like, it's fine. We'll teach you, you know, what you need to know. So when I showed up at the academy, the first thing they said, you smell like asphalt and shoe polish. You don't belong here. You should be a trooper, you know. And it's like, well, that's what I'm trying to do. Cause I'm going to come to game of fish and I'm going to sneak in the back door. State police is what I was going to do. That didn't work out, but yeah. There so was a point you probably could have gone to state police. I could have. Yeah. That well, and actually I sat down with the governor. I had to, I had lunch with the, the former governor Wednesday and he asked me, he said, didn't you go to state police? And I said, no, sir, I never did take the job. And he said, well, I had it lined up for you. And I said, well, I know I, I just never did take it. Yeah. But, but game and fish offered and offered you a new truck yeah they did they gave me a new truck and i tore it up too so <laughs> it was all good that's right so so and did um did now out here it's the opposite but did the state pay more than the county they did yes absolutely more okay see out here that's, our- and that's the reason i went mm-hmm. that's why i left the county and went to the state it was better benefits for my family and right. uh, more pay sure Sure. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, when I left Game and Fish, I took about a ten thousand, eleven thousand dollar pay cut to be the sheriff. Well, I knew, and I knew that. Eight years later, I still do not make now what I made as a game warden eight years ago. Wow! Yeah, yeah. that's as crazy. As the sheriff, yeah. So it's all about power. He just wanted sheriff in front right. of his names all he wanted. No, actually, I've never felt like the sheriff. I don't feel like I'm old enough yet. So. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like I said, it was quite a shock for me. And I remember calling my son, going, You ain't gonna believe this. And he was yeah, like, No guy. way. Yeah, as a sheriff, now, yeah, it is pretty funny, but. So tell us about that that morning, because that story in itself is is just even prior to the shooting is quite interesting. Uh, so May 20th, 2010, uh, I was a game warden. Uh, May 19th, I was working off-duty security for Pipeline. They were running a big major gas line through the, the, uh, the counties there. So I spent my nights sitting in my truck watching videos and um, getting paid $25 an hour to sit there and watch movies. But uh, that night, May 19th, I'd, I'd sit there and watch training videos all night long is what I did. I'd watch Bad Boys 1, Bad Boys 2, SWAT. <laughs> I was in pretty good shape for the next day, just didn't realize it. Uh, but I, I got up. I got home late that night. Uh, I had a routine every morning. I got up. And I got three girls. Um, tells you a lot about him as a teenager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. God's like, yeah, he has a sense of humor. Watch this. Um, <laughs> so 
I have a name for my little girls. They're Mitches. They're, uh, Mitch is a mini bitch. Is what that is. Little bitches in training. And they're drop dead. And I would just drop. No, they are. They, they, they are beautiful. Uh, but I'd get up every day and I'd get my little Mitches dressed and I'd take them to school. And then I'd go meet two other game wardens and we'd work out and do MMA. And that was pretty much the schedule. Then we'd go to work. Well, this morning, a little different. I was tired and uh, didn't feel like getting up. And I was married at the time, and I told the baby mama, I said, hey, why don't you uh, you get up and take the kids to school, and I'm going to sleep in. I'm a game warden. I can do this. <laughs> and, you know, them kids running around, hooping and hollering. There wasn't much sleeping happening. So I wound up getting up about 8, 39, and tired, and, you know, didn't feel like working, and went to work. And on my way out, I put my gun and my badge on, go to war, and I didn't put on my vest. I thought, well, I'm not – I don't need a vest today. I'm not doing anything. You know, so I'll be in the office. I didn't put my vest on, and I said, I'm gonna make this an administrative day. I'm gonna ride around air conditioning, and I'm gonna go check some tickets, and you know that's what the day's gonna be. And uh, it went a whole different route yeah. from that. That'll teach you. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was out riding around, and uh, my dad was setting up for a little country funeral out in the middle of nowhere, and I pulled in and helped him, you know, get the casket in, get set up, do a few things, and. Uh, when I got back in my truck, all my radios were talking and there was SWAT teams checking it out and CID guys checking it out. And I was like, man, what is going on? So I called a buddy of mine, Philip Hydra, in Arkansas State Police. He was CID SWAT at the time. He's a, a patrol lieutenant now, but he uh, he answered the phone and sirens running. I was teasing him. I said, you late for coffee or something? Got your siren running? And he said, no. He said, we got a bad deal. We got two officers been shot, possible MS-13 hit uh, on the drug interdiction team in West Memphis. They said, we're all on our way. And I said, well, I'll be on the way too. <laughs> and my guardian angel really, really hooked me up. You know, it, he, he lined me up or he or she, whatever, lined me up that day for everything I should be doing. Because I, I hung up the phone and I called my sergeant. I, I don't work for the Game of Fish anymore, so I can tell you this, but uh, I might have told him a little bit of a white lie. I no, said, you just stretched it. Yeah. I, 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 it was, yeah, I, it, it was a little bit of a stretch. I said, uh, hey, I know what's going on up there. I said, uh, can, I, can I come help? I'm pretty close. Well, I wasn't in Arizona, but I wasn't <laughs> close either. <laughs> I, would, I would be what would, would be be called a uh, game warden close. Um, I was still over an hour away. Yeah. <laughs> One yeah. or two forests away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of counties away, but uh, he, he said, uh, yeah, he said, get up here as quick as you can. We need help. And I was like, Oh, that's green light. Here we go. So uh, that's where my world changed. And it's never been the same. I got out. I had an old vest in the back and one of them old, expired zip up vest and I threw it on and I pulled my rifle down, hung it on my chest and I got back in my truck and I started driving. <laughs> and what I didn't tell the game of fish is I had souped up my game of fish truck and it run about 130. It would absolutely <laughs> fly. So I'm flying all the way over there. And I, I called the now ex-wife. There's a reason for that, but I called her <laughs> and I said, uh, Hey, we got a bad deal in West Memphis. Got two officers down, shot the AK 47s, possibly MS 13 hit. I said, I'm on my way over there to help. And she's like, All right, cool. Um, you got your vest on? And I said, Yeah, I got it on. I said, But 
uh, what they're shooting. It's going to go straight through. It's not going to stop it anyway. She's like, all right, cool. Have a good day. Have fun. You know, she's over counting money is what she's doing. <laughs> Checking so, insurance policy. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. You get killed with the best on you get paid more. You know, she does. <laughs> so, I'm, man, I'm absolutely rolling. and I'm passing troopers and deputies and they're all like where's the game warden going you know <laughs> uh, i guess a game and fish truck at a 130 140 mile an hour burn a lot of gas because i slid into town and my gas light come on i was like are you serious i gotta i've gotta stop and get gas you know i'm, I'm ready to go get in a fight and uh I you needed to talk about your reputation, though. You were more concerned about having to be on the side of the road and all of them going by waving at you. Yeah. So, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that was the next step is I, you know, I was mad because I didn't want to have to stop and get gas, but I didn't want to get in a pursuit and a trooper have to stop and pick me up because I run out of gas because both of us can't fit in the car with that hat on anywhere. You know? So, uh, I slid into the gas station and that's, you know, that was a, uh, a turning point in the day for me. And it was a humbling moment that I needed uh, You know, God has a way of grabbing your attention and slapping you in the face. And sometimes he has to really hit me hard to get my attention. Um, and he got me. So as I'm gassing my truck up and, you know, kicking my tires and trying to hurry and swing my gun, swinging around and everybody's gassing their car, hiding under it, you know, because the game was going crazy over here. I didn't realize where I'd stopped. I'd stopped at the 275 mile marker at the Horizon Shell gas station there at the I-40. And 200 yards behind that gas station laid two officers that got up and did the same thing that I did that day. They give the ultimate sacrifice though, and they didn't get to go home. And they had, you know, they had kids too. So, I took a picture of that and I play that in my presentation, you know, when I, when I present, but that was a, that was a pretty humbling moment. Everything got really quiet after that. I remember everything kind of zeroing in and the drive really kicked in at that point. Um, and I drove over the overpass. I looked at the crime scene. I come back across and I turned on the service road. And as I'm driving on the service road, I'm looking at all these vehicles, traffic's backed up, you know, we're looking for, uh, you know, and th this is the thing. If you go to any debrief, any major debrief of incidents that's happened in the United States, every one of them say the same thing. Communication is the problem. Yep. The breakdown is always in communication. And it was no different for us. Just like we were looking for at this point, hour, hour and a half from the officers being killed. The reports we were looking for was a stolen white church van with an MS-13 Taliban gang in it. I mean, it had gotten that crazy yeah, on the information. We were looking for like a 2000 model Dodge Caravan, Plymouth, little dirty, nasty right. Dodge minivan is what it was. It did not look like a church van. It did not have writing on it. I mean, <laughs> so we were, we were really blind at what we were looking for, but as I'm driving, I'm looking for this stolen white church van with MS-13 Taliban gang in it, you know. So I'm driving along, and I got my rifle slung, and I'm hanging on to it here, and I'm driving with my left hand. And I meet a unmarked unit, and by the time the call comes out, they needed available units to 798 West Service Road in Walmart. And as I meet that unit, I'm looking at him, and I look to the right, and I'm passing the Walmart. And I'm like, oh, I'm here. So I missed the first turn going in. So I had to go all the way down to where the big trucks turn in and I come, you know, make my turn and start 
into the parking lot. Well, the other unit had the sheriff and the chief deputy. They made the turn into the driveway. And that's, I think that was my guardian angel had me paying attention to the, to them mm-hmm. and not seeing the Walmart in the first, cause it, he needed me to go to the other end. Right. Cause I go to the other end, they make a head on traffic stop where they're shot immediately in their vehicles. Both of them are shot. And as they're being shot, I'm turning in front of the Walmart doors. And that's, that's what I see. I see a van with a door open on the driver's side with a male stepped out firing on a police car and then i see officers on the ground so in in my mind where that put me was they just killed two this morning and they just killed two more in front of me Mm -hmm. so i knew at that point i had to stop it we we had to stop this so i made the decision you know game and fish had taught us to shoot through our windshields they had started that training in 98 shooting through windshields and vehicles, which was unheard of back then. Uh, There's a lot of agencies still today that don't Mm -hmm. do it, but uh, it works. I promise you. And there's people that say it does not work. Well, I have video to prove that otherwise it works. So I knew I was fixing to fire through the windshield. He was standing out of the van and I remember thinking, he don't even know I'm here. I'm going to, slip up behind him and I'm going to, I'm going to shoot him. I'm going to take him out. I'm a game warden. I'm going to sneak up there. Right. Well, I reckon the game and fish truck state police estimated about 55 miles an hour. He heard me coming in the parking lot. In the parking lot. Yeah. you As I was sneaking up there. Yeah. It wasn't very sneakful. Uh, So uh, you'll see him in the video. He actually turns around and looks like, what the hell is that? You know, something, coming from behind souped up game and, and fish. He, <laughs> souped up game and fish truck roared roll mud tires you know <laughs> he gets back in the car shuts the door and starts to back up and when he does this i thought oh well, okay i will ram you because i like ramming people because it works <laughs> i've seen me do it i mean it works very well did you so know the sun was in the car or you i had no idea it was him okay mm, I, I only saw him okay. yes so he starts to back up and at the very last second he turned that van and i remember thinking oh i got you I'm, <laughs> you're gonna roll over and blow up because that's what they do right uh, michael bay has lied to us uh, the director of bad boy they do not roll over and blow up every time so when i hit him he did not roll over he did not blow up and he was immediately on the gun he spins in his seat he's seven feet from me he's at the end of my hood I have hit the, the only thing I can figure out is I, I hit the steering wheel with my chest and broke the steering wheel, but it threw me into the dashboard where the radio, the stereo, air conditioner controls, right. all that. So that's where I'm at in the vehicle from the impact. That's no the only airbag. way. No airbag. No airbag. Yeah. Airbag did not deploy and I did not have a seatbelt on. Okay. The airbag didn't deploy due to the big ram bumpers we had on the front of the winch bumpers. Okay. It took all the impact. Okay. So I'm center of the truck is where I'm at. Still holding my rifle. How? I don't have any idea. I've hit this van at 55 miles an hour, and I still have my rifle in my hand. And he's basically um, stopped. He, he stopped at this point, and he's at the end of my hood looking at me. And he turns with, with the, the gun like this. And goes to aim it at me, and that's where I fire my first two shots from center of the windshield, 
both rounds struck him right here, struck him right in the forehead. So I knew that threat was over. I, it was very obvious he was done. What I didn't know was who else was in the vehicle or how many. And I immediately started taking incoming rounds. Hmm. So I take 12 rounds through the front of the truck of AK. And the, the glass and the shrap and everything's hitting me in the face, down my side, my hands, down my back and my hip. And I'm laying over the console. And the only thing I can remember is thinking, one, you, you done screwed up now. <laughs> you know, you, you're somewhere you should not be. You're not going to get out of this one alive. <laughs> yeah, that you should be on a gravel road somewhere, not in Walmart parking lot in a firefight. But uh, I remember thinking, shoot, shoot faster. And, you know, auditory exclusion in a gunfight's a real thing. Yeah. I never heard my rifle. I never heard his. Uh, I can still hear the popping and the cracking sound of the, the rounds coming into my truck. And I can hear my buffer spring inside my rifle going ching, 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 ching wow. as I was shooting. And I remember shooting and thinking, why are you still shooting at me? I know you're, I know I'm hitting you. Why are you still shooting me? And then the, the bolt locks back. So I went through 30 rounds in, in 17 seconds. <laughs> I might add a little trigger finger going, but um, I remember that bolt locking back and thinking, oh, my God, now what do I do? I was trying to reload my rifle. I could not get it reloaded. I closed the bolt on an empty chamber. I was laying on my service weapon. My shotgun's locked in the rack. I was screwed. I knew I encountered the MS-13 Taliban gang. I didn't know how many was in there. I expected them to come out like hornets. And I thought, get out of here. And I put my truck in reverse, and I don't know how it was even running, but it was running. I held it to the floor, and I'd love to tell you I knew where I was going in reverse, but I did not. I did not care. They were shooting real bullets. I didn't like it anymore. I did some free landscaping for Walmart, and some woman backed out and hit me. Yeah, somebody backed out and hit me, and that's my story, and I'm going to stick to that one. And you see me roll out on the out of the truck. I, I transitioned to my pistol, roll out behind it. I lay down behind my truck and I have glass in my mouth and my, my left eye had a piece of glass went through it. And I busted my forehead open. Uh, hands were beating, bleeding. My back was bleeding. I was trying to figure out where I was shot. You know, I was hurting <laughs> and all the gunfire. I remember all the gunfire. There was over 220 rounds, 240 rounds fired in that parking lot Jeez. by other officers. And I, I remember thinking, I'm going to get, I'm going to get shot by friendly fire you know, laying here. And about that time, they have a guy named uh, Nick James and they call him ginormous for a reason. <laughs> he picks me up off the ground and shaking me, screaming at me, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was like, good God, put me down. <laughs> You're scaring me. <laughs> I can't hear. I've blown my left eardrum. All I can hear is ringing, you know, and I said, I think I'm hit. And he pulls my stuff apart and he's like, nah, you're fine. Let's go. And he starts dragging me back up there. And I was like, I'm not going back up there. <laughs> now I don't like that. And uh, as we went by, I pulled my rifle out of the truck, reloaded. And we went up to make the scene safe. And I'll never, never, ever forget. When I walked around that passenger side, it was about the time they were dragging him out. And I wanted to see who was shooting at me. 
And I thought, I'm going to shoot you again. I want to <laughs> do something. I want to shoot you again. Just for good measure. Well, just to make sure. And they drug him out, and it was a kid. Oh. And I remember looking at him thinking, oh, my God, what are you, 12? I just shot a kid. And I'm going to tell you, that that was painful. That took a long time to to get that overcome, you know, having to kill a kid. Now, how yeah. old was he really? 16. Jeez, not and, much older. No, no he, he was, looked 12. And he was, that AK-47 had a broken stock. Yeah, he and, never he never shouldered the weapon. No. His tactics were on point. He was uh, a marksman. Uh, in the original video, when he ambushes the officers in the middle of the gunfight with two officers and his dad standing in between the two of them, his gun malfunctioned. It jams. He's shooting wolf ammo with a Yugoslavian AK-47. Hmm. It was just a piece of crap. And the, the weapon malfunctioned and jams. He stops, clears the weapon, re-engages. I mean, the kid was tactically sound at 16. Uh, which is pretty scary. Yeah, yes. it is. Where but, were they originally from? I don't think I ever Ohio. Heard uh, around up in Ohio somewhere. Okay. And then they were living in Clearwater, Florida. Okay. I want to say Dayton though, or Cleveland. Okay. That's where they were originally from. And why were they in Arkansas? Do we even know? Okay, so yeah, huge investigation afterwards. Uh they were they had left Florida. Come up 78, hit West Memphis to I 40, and had gone to Arizona. You know where that's at? Yeah. <laughs> We've, heard of it. We've heard of yeah. it. Yeah. So they were in Arizona doing training at a private facility, weapons training. Really? And then they were doing private seminars on sovereign citizenship, on how to steal houses and paper terrorism and not pay your taxes, all that kind of stuff. Wow. They had stopped at that exact Walmart. Two weeks prior to that incident. Wow. So they found in the investigation, they found and among all the trash receipts from that Walmart two weeks prior. So they had knowledge of that Walmart. That's why they kept going back to the Walmart during the manhunt. So that's that's pretty interesting. But they uh yeah, two weeks later they they were back in that same Walmart and that's where it all ended. Hmm. Now, did you have a lot of knowledge of West Memphis itself? No. Okay. I didn't I've been through West Memphis a hundred times, but I've never stopped and really explored it very much. Okay. Uh, my grandmother lived over there at one point and we'd go to her house, which was actually back behind that Walmart. Wow. And that was about the extent of my knowledge of Walmart I, or the, that area. I didn't, I was kind of lost when I was there. I didn't know where I was any of the streets or how to get back on the interstate or any of that. Cause that's a tangled mess is what it is. And so again, this is one of those things that as Christians, um, you know, there are no coincidences. Exactly. Right. You, you were meant no. to be there that day. Oh, I was used as an instrument. Absolutely. That's what I was. No yeah. question about it. I, you know, at that time in my life, I was pretty good shot. I was pretty, pretty okay. Mm -hmm. You know, tactically I was fair. Um, but I wasn't that good. I'd say you're pretty damn good. <laughs> I, I wasn't that good. That was that was guardian angel doing all that. Uh, now on today's head. yeah, yeah, today's time, yeah, I, I feel like I'm I'm a thousand percent better tactically and sound. But at that point in my life, I was I was okay. You know, I was I was fair. But well, I think it's important to mention too that 
Um, you know, we talk about in training about, and Tom and I'll be teaching supervisors today over at Haida, and we talk about critical incident amnesia and stuff, but how important training is because you did something as you're speeding over to them that you didn't even remember doing. You remember what I'm talking about? I was prepared myself. I was what if and everything. Yeah, but you pushed uh, a button you didn't remember pushing. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So <laughs> that's an interesting. Yeah. So three days later, um, they pull me into this room for a debrief and write the reports. And I walk in and it's all the all the brass of the Arkansas Game and Fish and state police and Uh-oh. prosecutors and, like, oh, and, no. and the lawyers. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm fixing to get fired. And I walk in and they said, uh, all right, Neil, what we're, what we're going to do, have a seat. We're going to go through everything. We're going to go through all the video, audio, audio inside your truck. And then we're going to write the report. And I raised my hand and uh, Hydrant was like, all right, what? I said, do I need to resign now or later? <laughs> and he said, no, what are you talking about? I said, uh, you you said audio inside my truck. I did not know I was being recorded inside my truck. That's more than information that I needed to know. Uh, they didn't know I was being recorded. And he, he laughed, kind of chuckled like you did. He said, no, he said, not, nobody's recording you in your truck. He said, it's where you got on the radio and you call for help. We'll go through that. And uh, I said, I didn't, I didn't call for help. <laughs> and he said, uh, pretty sure you did. And I raised my hand again. He said, what? I said, do I need to resign now or later? <laughs> I don't remember getting on the radio. And he said, no. He said, everything's fine. Uh, but in that, in in all that somewhere, I, yeah, I, I pushed my panic alarm inside my truck and then got on the radio and started hollering for help. Uh, it was after the shooting. I do know that because I, I did tell them that there was officers there with me and to send my captain and my lieutenant. Um, now, That's what's funny training. about that <laughs> is the policy and procedure of the Arkansas Game and Fish is if you discharge your firearm, you're to immediately notify your captain or lieutenant to come to your location. I said this on the radio. The only time I'd ever heard policy and procedure was in the academy. I'm not a policy and procedure reading kind of dude. And I said it right there on the radio. Um, send my captain, lieutenant. Now, how, how I didn't say call Uncle Elroy and Leroy because they ain't never seen no shit like this and everybody, I don't know. But I specifically asked for my captain and lieutenant to come to my location, which is pretty, pretty crazy what your mind will do yeah, with a critical incident. And I tell people, I tell, I tell people all the time, I said, that, you know, in a critical incident, you're going to do one of two things. You're either rise to your level of training or you're going to fall to your level of training. Which one do you want? You know? Yep. <laughs> now, after listening to yourself call that out, does that did that come back to you in memory at all? Yeah. No, nah, I don't remember. Mm-mm. I would, I would, I would have argued. I mean, they played it for me right there, and I was like, "Ah, oh, shit, uh, yeah, that's me." That's me. But, that's, uh, that's, that's so yeah, I didn't. Me. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. Honestly, I'm just, I, I was so rattled, you know. Afterwards, I guess it was while I was backing up. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. You know, this is in no way disrespectful to Brandon Powder and to Bill Evans. Wasn't that his first name, Bill? It was, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, in in these, these events and stuff too, part, and and Mike, I have no doubt you're still healing every time you tell your story. There's stuff that comes up and yeah. And, uh, 
but you have to tell the story about being in the hospital and the trooper coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'm wandering around on the scene, <clears throat> and I'm busted up. You know, I'm, I'm hurting. And this old highway patrol DOT officer, I mean, big, tall, gray-haired guy, he comes over and he grabbed me by the arm. He said, come on, boy, you hurt. I said, no, I'm fine. He said, I don't think so. He said, your eyeball's bleeding. He said, you should come with me. And he starts dragging me over like a kid, you know, to the back of the ambulance. Well, they just pulled W.A. Ren out and put him on a helicopter. There was blood everywhere. And I was like, I'm not getting in that. That's that was gross. the sheriff or the chief deputy? That was the chief deputy. He was hit three times in the abdomen. That's right. The sheriff took one round of uh, 45 through his shoulder, and they, they'd already got him gone. So I was the last one they were getting out of there. And uh, they took me to the hospital, and I tell a story. Uh, yeah, I make a joke of it now, but the best part of the entire day is I had four nurses took off all my clothes. And if you ever get that opportunity to take that shit, that's fun. Uh, the best part of the day. They were female. Don't get it twisted. Uh, let's be clear. Yeah, let's be clear about that. But I'm laying in the hospital bed, my little gown, and they're digging stuff out of my back, my side, my face, and working on me, cleaning my hands up and everything. I'm kind of dazed, you know, just laying there. And I remember the door opening and in walks an Arkansas State Trooper. And he, he's six foot seven-ish around there. They got big boys comes, in Arkansas. <laughs> he's big, yeah. And he comes walking in with his hat on. He looked like a 10-penny nail when he walked in that door. <laughs> and he walks all the way up to my bed and he leans down and the brim of his hat is right here <laughs> at my eyebrows. And he says, son, are you okay? And I said, yes, sir, I'm fine. And he said, good. He said, my name's Mickey Strayhorn, Arkansas State Police. You see my hat? I swear to God he said that. And I was like, yeah, I see your hat. It's right, it's right there. How can you miss it? <laughs> he said, well, you doing fine, boy? And I said, yes, sir, I'm doing, I'm doing okay. I think, I think I'm all right. And he said, that's good. I'm going to write you a ticket. And I said, you're you're gonna do what? He said, oh, yeah. Careless prohibited driving there in Walmart parking lot and you backed into a car. I might have to write you a ticket for it. And man, I lost it. I went to screaming and hollering and told him what he could do with his ticket and his hat, where he could put it. Uh, the doctor come running in, he was like, Officer Neil, your blood pressure's out of control. I was like, No shit. Yeah. I said, uh, let me put you in a truck, shoot it to pieces, and this ass I'll tell you gonna write you a ticket for back into into a car. So they finally got me all calmed down and got him out of there. A little while later, another trooper comes in. He's an investigator, and he's in a suit and tie. And he said, Neil, he said, I need to ask you a question. I said, all right. And he said, uh, were you wearing a hat? I said, no. We, we're game wardens. We don't wear those hats. He said, no, I like a baseball hat. And I said, oh, yeah, I had a baseball hat. I wasn't wearing it. He said, good. You got two bullet holes in your hat. And I was like, oh, good. Glad I wasn't wearing a hat. But I have that hat. It's it's sitting right over here. I can I can get it for you. Man. And you can see the bullet holes in it. You know, so, it does make you wonder, is did the kid think that was you? Because it was hanging right over your right shoulder in your car. I don't right? think he could see it. Okay. I, from where he was, so he's shooting across his body like this. Okay. So his rounds are coming in from my right to left, going across me at that angle is what they were doing. So I don't think he could see it. But the hat 
and the accident was thrown forward and then was shot twice. And you see it fall out mm-hmm. on the video when I get out. Yep. Um, so, yeah. But that's okay. Uh, Mike got even with the trooper. That wanted oh, I did. Ticket. Yeah. I, yeah. So a couple of. Oh, what is, well, was he just messing with you or was Oh, he yeah, he's a jokester. Yeah. Oh, he's a he's, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's a great guy. I know him really well. Good friends with him now, but I didn't know him then. But uh, we're at the funerals for the officers that have died, and I'm still busted up. I'm still pretty rattled. I was mad, but um, I'm standing there with the, the governor and the, the director of the Arkansas State Police, and there's some senators and stuff standing there talking to me. We were down on the gym floor right there, not far from the casket. And he walks up, and I said, let me tell you what this asshole right here did. <laughs> and, boy, he went crawfishing real quick. And, you know, I'll tell you something else that's really funny about, oh, it's probably six months later. I went over to the third world country of Memphis to take. <laughs> yes, it uh, is. You are so right. Yeah, <laughs> and I went over there, <laughs> and it got dark, and we were hauling ass out of there. And I come over that Memphis bridge at about eighty-five. Oh boy! And when I come over the top of it, there was a trooper car sitting at the bottom oh, down geez. there, and he just turned on all these lights. Well, I knew it was me. I knew I was speeding, and I just pulled over and backed up to him. You know, he didn't even have, I think he pulled up five feet. So I, I knew, I knew it was, uh, I was done. So I'm, I'm looking in the rear view mirror watching him and he unfolds out of this police oh, car. And no. I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> like that's Mickey Strayhorn. <laughs> and he comes walking up and I roll my window down. He sticks his whole head and hat in my window and he says, don't I already owe you a ticket? <laughs> He's a lot of fun. He's a good guy. Is he so. still a trooper? Or is he retired? He is still a trooper. Is he no, really? He's still there. Yeah. See, we need to get his side of this story. <laughs> oh, I guarantee you. You know, I got I got a picture of me and him together when my daughter passed her driver's test. Oh boy. As we're talking, I'm gonna I'm gonna find that picture. Send that to me. We'll put that on as part of the the promotion for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we and you'll see how big now I'm six foot one yeah, on a know, good day. You know maybe six boy. two. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a little guy. Uh-uh. And you'll see how big Mickey is. But, <laughs> but I have to say something too guy. about Mike because he and my son became friends. And you know, Marshall to this day still does this. But Mike taught him about mounting his handgun in his truck right oh, there down mm-hmm. beside, I guess, the console or whatever you want yeah, to call right it. Yeah, right on the console. Mm-hmm. Because, again, he learned that from this. Right. And he also taught Marshall when at a time when we thought my son. Marshall don't need to be doing everything I do. (laughs) Too late, son. Too late. You've already influenced him. I said, Mike's like one of my children. I'm like, dang, stop teaching my kid everything. Get away from him. (laughs) But he he also taught him how, if he was going to go in law enforcement, which he did not, thank the good Lord, um, how to release his seatbelt and draw from his hip at the same time. Sure. And, you know, it was just little things like that that, Truly, and 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 you, I know you've taught other cops that because I'm sure you taught Jimmy that. I don't know if you still oh, keep up with yeah. Jimmy Wooder. Oh, I, yeah, I do. I talked to him not too long ago. Crazy old Jimmy, Jimmy Wooder. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, but you know, it's things like that that when you can take lessons from things this tragic, right, and teach people things that can be beneficial to them, even as civilians, right. You know, that's why Grossman teaches 
um, at churches about sheep becoming sheepdog right. uh, mm-hmm. because you never right. know when, you know, and like the joke in Alabama, uh, Susan doesn't carry a gun for protection. She's afraid she'll miss a chance to shoot somebody. <laughs> and, and the older I get, the the more that's kind of a likelihood. Um, but the other thing I have to love this guy for was the day I left Alabama to come to Arizona. You remember this? You were teaching Alabama troopers. Yeah. Okay. And Mike's up in front of him going, man, y'all screwed the pooch. <laughs> and they're like, they came up to him later and like, what are you talking about? Man, Susan Simmons, as we speak, he's looking at his watch going, she is leaving the state of Alabama, <laughs> crossing into wherever, <laughs> headed to Arizona. Yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? They didn't know. He was going, yeah, y'all screwed the pooch on that one, letting that go. I missed a chance. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Their loss, our gain. That's right. <laughs> no. Absolutely. I don't blame her. I'd, I'd love Arizona. I'd move out there. Well, you, you have a, a guest room. I'm in a different house than when you came out last time with Marshall. I'm over in okay. East Valley now, over in Gilbert. I moved out there almost. Can you believe I've been out here 10 years? Have you really? Wow. 10 years no, in June. I didn't realize it's been that long. And I'm in sure. this house in Gilbert. I've been here six years. And uh, you've oh. always got a room. Uh, again, we've got a great guest room with a bath and everything. You've always, you just have to put up with that stupid bird still in the backyard screaming. <laughs> and, uh, and a German shepherd now. I don't have Maverick anymore. He oh, wow. passed yeah. on. And uh, at least this dog will love you to death, unlike Maverick, sure. who didn't want to have anything to do with anybody. But Yeah, he wasn't very friendly. <laughs> yeah, he really wasn't. <laughs> Mike gets in all these shootings, but he's like, your dog scares me. <laughs> yeah. Like that dog uh, wants to bite me. <laughs> <laughs> so now, uh, you know, you're getting a lot of, of um, recognition, and you got top cop that year, didn't you? Wasn't oh, that man. one of your awards? I, went, I won every award. Uh, I got I got the International Officer of the Year in uh, at 11. That was over the whole world. Man. Uh, then 2012, on my birthday, as a matter of fact, I got the Congressional Medal of Valor from the president. And that's a pretty funny story. I'll tell you real quick. Um, I'm so country. I'm my own cousin. I mean, I'm that, <laughs> that, that redneck. Um, so I get called to go to D.C. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I get to the White House. And I'm like, man, I am way, way above my pay grade here. <laughs> so I'm sitting there in full honor guard uniform. And, I, man, I'm a nervous wreck, you know. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do, you know. And then they call my name. And I get up. And I'm, I'm walking. And, you know, the camera's watching me as I'm walking. And, and then squirrel hits me right in the head. And I was like, ooh, I'll give the vice president a coin. So I start digging in my pocket. Trying to find my coin, you know. Well, word of advice. When you're walking up to meet the president or vice president, do not dig in your pocket. This is bad. So I'm digging in my pocket. I ain't paying any attention. And I look up and every Secret Service man has his hand on his gun. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm fixing to get shot on national television. I get them this wonderful medal. Yeah. Yeah. So I pull out the coin. I was like, it's just a coin, don't you? You know, like, oh, shit. so I, I go up and we slap hands and I give him the coin, talk for a second. And he, the, you know, the table was to my left and I'm facing the cameras and the crowd. And I see him reach over and grab the metal and start back. And I thought I should go to parade rest. 
So I go to parade rest. I'm in full auto guard uniform. About the time he was sniffing my ear, if you hadn't figured out who it was yet, he sniffing my ear and I slapped him right in the ball. Bam. He said, I think he like pretty sure he did. I was like, Oh my God, I just forced Gump, the vice president, on national television. Secret service. I'm really embarrassed. Yeah, I was like, holy crap. So I go to walk off the stage, and there's this Secret Service guy, and he's huge muscles. He had muscles in places. I don't have places. His earlobes had muscles. And he's standing there all bowed up, and he looks at me as I walk by, and he shakes his head like, yeah, and smiles. And I thought, yep, that guy will slap him in the balls, too. So <laughs> Now you're his hero for that. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, but I have yeah, to say this about, about Mike, because he was getting awards left and right. And finally, I, horrible. I remember it really was horrible. And, but and that's stopped. a lot of what you, but, but that's you a lot of, yeah, that's a lot of it right there. Yeah. Wow. That's just, that's, that's some of it. That's just a few, but Mike got to a place where he would tell them, no, stop, it. stop. There are other officers and people out there that also are doing great things. Right. You know, y'all start recognizing them and that shows you really right. who he is. Exactly. And now, it came to that point. I was like, I, I don't can't quit. I yeah. can't take this. You know? well, and I, I had a lot of survivor guilt. You sure. know, why, why did I live through it? They didn't live through it. And here you are giving me these awards. What'd they get? They got a flag in a box. Right. Yeah. You know, and I just, it, it really broke my heart, you know, that sure. I was getting awards and, you know, they didn't get anything. Well, and, you know, you know Mike and I have talked with Chief Bobby Powder. And it was his beautiful son. man. Yeah, Love yeah, that yeah. man. Is he still teaching and speaking? I haven't no, heard from him. No, in a he long is. Time. He's completely retired out of law enforcement and speaking. He's, and Linda's doing okay. So, yes, ma'am. Last I checked with him, I, I talked to him on May twentieth this year. Uh-huh. I, I call him every year and talk to him, sure. or text him, and yeah, he's told me he's retired and enjoying life. You know, and that man to get out after his son is gunned down on the interstate, and he was he and his wife were some of the first to happen up there thinking it was troopers. Right. Um, but it was less than six months. He was out in the circuit teaching what? and talking yes. about Man. his son's death to so that other officers could learn. Because really, this was kind of early on in all the sovereign citizen stuff. Because Brandon... Yeah, we didn't know anything about it. No. Right. Didn't know about Nobody the fake did. paperwork right. and the fake plates and, and that kind of stuff. And that man took that opportunity and, and you know, I said the the... Most unnatural thing in the world is to bury your child. Nobody exactly. has kids going, I might have to bury him one day. Right. And then oh, for yeah. him to get yeah. out and talk about it as freely. I heard him the first time in Reno. He and I were both teaching at a conference. And, I mean, we had international people there who really didn't even have the language down. <clears throat> but they knew enough. There wasn't a dry in that room right. when they walked out yeah. of there. It was, it was just so surreal to hear him tell his story very emotionally. And then I don't even remember where the three of us were, but we, we've shared the stage with him before. And, um, I don't remember if that was Miami, Oklahoma. It, it may have been. And I know we had I gross in that one too, but sure. yeah. it was, um, he, he's just an amazing man and he's earned the right to sure be has. fully retired. And well, absolutely. He's, yeah. Uh, you know, I looked up to Bobby before I ever knew him. Yeah. Uh, I'd watch him on the news, and uh, he was he was a lot like um, Grady Judd. Yes, uh, yes, in Florida back, back then, you yep. know. And he would say <laughs> he'd get up there and say things on 
on Memphis News, and you're like, "Whoa, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that guy means business." <laughs> so. Do you hear anything from the dispatcher at all that was Bill Evans' fiance at the time? Uh, no, they're from Augusta, oh, okay. which is just north of where I live now, okay. uh, about an hour north of me. But no, we have another uh, podcast out of Under the Shield called Dispatch Diaries. Yeah, that that would be a a real Sunday outrage. Miller is her name. She would be a good one. Yeah. yeah, and you know, and it's a real teachable moment too. And a yeah. lot of the things that went on that right. day, it's not a it's not a criticism. It's stuff that happens in comm centers, and uh, yeah. that would be a real good one for sure Becky would. to have on. And it's that would be a good one. Yeah, there was a lot of things that went wrong that day. Yeah, and, and communication breakdown. Absolutely. You know, and that's like I said earlier that if you. You listen to any debrief mass incident, uh, that's that's the major breakdown. Absolutely. So then uh, Mike is getting all these awards and recognized, and then some of the you go to Chicago, and then I think what you invited some of them to come down and visit you. And yeah, so uh, tell them about the new truck too, because you. Well, so when I let's, let's back up a little bit. The uh, I get out of the hospital that day on May twentieth, and. I tell the wife time I said, Hey, run me up here to Walmart. I need to get some stuff out of my truck. Well, my brain's not working. I get there and there's crime scene tape everywhere and there's bodies on the ground, blood everywhere. And I was like, Oh my God. This was bad. I'm going to jail. Yeah, I'm going to jail. <laughs> They're going to fire me and I'm going to jail. And I walk up, my lieutenant's sitting there and I was like, LT, what am I going to do? He said, Boy, what you talking about? I said, they're going to fire me. I'll be back in the funeral business for night, fall night. They're going to fire me. He said, he said, no, I don't, I don't think it's going to go quite like that. Um, I said, oh, yeah. Well, about that time, my colonel walked up, and I was like, ooh, it's fixing to happen right here in front of everybody. <laughs> and uh, he walks up and gives me a hug and kissed me on the cheek. And I was like, ooh, I've heard of getting fired like this, but I didn't know it really happened like that. And I said, uh he said, boy, you okay? And I said, yes, sir, I'm sorry. And he said, sorry, for what? I said, pretty sure I totaled out that truck too, sir. <laughs> so well, you're first, allegedly, you heard two. You heard the word two. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly, at that point, my career had been through six trucks. So <laughs> Had nothing to do with said, souping uh, them up, though, you understand. <laughs> yeah, he's, well, it gets better. So he says. Six uh, trucks with just game and fish? Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, we don't need to talk about all that. But anyway. Uh, That's for another day. He says, uh, he said, well, you don't worry about that truck. I'll buy you a brand new. And I thought, Game and Fish has new trucks? I've never seen a new truck. And you're going to give me a new truck? I thought, okay. Yeah, right. Well, about a week rock, rocks on. And they said, Neil, come get your truck. Well, I get there. There's old wore out green Chevy, GMC, actually. And I was like, yeah, there's that new truck. Well, about a month later, they called and they said, Neil, come up here and get your new truck. And I was like, oh, yay, another truck. So <laughs> I drive up to the training center and I pull up and they throw me the keys and I look at them, brand new set of keys. I said, these are new keys. And they said, well, you get a new truck sitting right there. And I was like, that's my new truck. It, man, it's beautiful. I wish I could show you a picture of it. Like, oh, my God, that's pretty. They were like, yeah, that's your new truck. And I was like, did you see what I did to that truck and that truck and that truck? And, that? and they were like, yeah, try not to tear this one up. They have the new so, truck graveyard. That's right. Yeah. So 
a couple of Chicago PD guys come down and they want to go ride with the, the infamous game warden and see some game warden activity. And I was like, whatever. All right. So we're sitting at the table in my house and this call comes in. Somebody shooting ducks off the road. And I was like, here you go, boys. Here it is. This is this is it. This is the moment you've been waiting for. Let's go. So we run hot, chasing illegal duck shooters. Is this in the new so we truck? Run all the way down. We get there, and the old lady said they're down there on the end of that levee around the corner over there. And I said, all right, cool. So we get up on the levee and we're driving. Well, the levee starts getting really narrow, and I was like, ooh. I don't, I don't like this. And there's a canal ditch on one side and a flooded rice field on the other side. And I was like, this is not good. And we hit a washout where the pipe had washed out. Didn't see it in the grass. Front wheel made it across. The rear wheel did not. And the back end kind of goes down in the ditch. And I was like, oh, crap. So they're sitting in the truck. And I said, stay here. I said, I got this. I jump out and I grab my winch and I run it over to a tree, which was the best thing I did that day. And I wrapped it around the tree. Well, I start winching it and the truck starts sinking. I was like, oh, good. So as I'm winching, I'm trying to pull my truck out. They start hollering inside the truck. Mike, Mike, Mike. You know, they talk funny anyway. Mike, Mike, Mike. Water in the truck, Mike. And I was like, shut up. That ain't funny. It's a brand new truck. It only had like a thousand miles on it. And they were like, no, no, for real, Mike, there's water in the truck. I said, that, Rick, that's not funny. It's like, can we get out? And I was like, yeah, get out of the truck. So I walk over there and damn sure enough, they're standing in the seats because water's in the floorboard. I was like, holy crap. So I called another game warden. I said, get down here and pull me out. I said, stop at Wilkerson to get a tractor, one of their tractors. He said, I'll pull you out with my truck. I said, no, get a tractor. So now this time the truck's sinking. I mean, the whole bed back corner taillight is underwater. I was like, oh, my God, my truck's fixing to go underwater. So we get there. And I was like, you pull me at that angle this way. I said, if you pull me, I'm going in the canal. <laughs> if you don't pull me at this right angle. So I get in the truck and damn if he did not pull me in the right direction. <laughs> and luckily I'd turned off my radios inside all my police radios. And when he pulled me, I went in the canal <laughs> and water come through the window of the truck over the console in my lap. And when he sees this, he just guns the tractor and drags me through the canal and back out. We open the doors and water runs out of this brand new truck. I was like, oh my God. I'm like, I'll fix so it's this. still running. Yeah. I told him boys, I said, get in the truck. And we, man, I hauled butt all the way back in my house. Tore the whole interior out of my truck. <laughs> it's sitting there in pieces in my garage. I got two fans blowing in it. And I was like, I, I got to tell somebody. So I called my captain. And I said, hey, Captain, how are you doing today? He said, I'm doing fine. I said, oh, it's good. I'm glad you're having a good day. I said, hey, look at here. Um, so I was on a call and uh, some illegal duck hunting. And, and my truck slid off in the ditch. And the floorboard got wet on the passenger side. He said, oh, oh, okay. He said, you, uh, you, you working, you working, right? I, yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. I said, we were trying to get these illegal hunters out here. We've been trying to get, and it kind of got a little wet over there. He said, oh, okay. So, well, he said, yeah, it's fine. He said, in process work, you, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And I was like, 
glad you feel that way. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I did not tell him that there was water in the dash of the truck. So to this day, if he watches his podcast, I'm probably going to get a phone call. But I've never told him how bad it actually was. So we drive the truck out. Under the truck exaggerate, and over exaggerate. I, I under exaggerated this one. I was like, yeah, yeah, I got a little wet on the floorboard. Uh, it was really wet. Uh, everything was wet. Well, that wet, wasn't but not a lie. That's the truth. It, yeah, it got it got a little wet on both sides of the dash, but uh, the I'm truck was never the same. After it never smelled the same. Two Chicago PD officers. Too. Yeah, yeah, they, they were screaming, "Let me out!" You know, but they haven't come back to ride again. I don't know what's wrong. Well, I remember you yeah. telling the story too that at one point they had the window rolled down, and one of them's over there flicking the water that had yeah, come all the yeah. way up to and the filming it. level. He has a film of it. That's right. He's sitting there flicking the water, filming it. Yeah. <laughs> out the passenger door. Yeah, because they don't do that in Chicago. Uh, yeah, right. They don't get no. to do those things. <laughs> I couldn't see that side of the truck. I knew the nose of the truck was getting kind of high in the air, but I couldn't see the other side of the truck <laughs> and realize it was all the way in the canal. But <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, and, you know, in all of this, and this is why the public really doesn't understand y'all, because you got to have this kind of sense of humor about exactly. things, or, yep. or you would lose your minds completely. Oh, I, I mean, you. y'all are you know, crazy. That's one of a hundred stories, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I can remember talking to Mike one time, and he was on shift, and it just it, it just reinforces what we teach about y'all having ADD and ADHD, <laughs> and literally, we're talking about something, and he's out riding around somewhere and all of a sudden literally he's like possum and i'm like whoa, whoa come back to no no susan that's a possum just ran across in front of my car yeah, there he is right there truck. i'm like okay now let's see if we can get him back on topic here yeah yeah that's me that's i don't know if you caught me a minute ago they they were hollering on the police radio yeah. over here it's like what are y'all doing yeah anything anything exciting happening I don't know. They were screaming for an officer to get to Walker Street, but I hadn't heard anything else. I guess they're fine. So. I'm proud of you for still sitting there. I'm still waiting. We'll see. Yeah, but, but the Mike Neal that I knew 10 years ago would have just left. Gone. You'd have yeah. been gone. Yeah, no, no, no. We've we slowed down on that. I've been shot at too many times. I'm about tired of being shot at. So. Well, and you got girls now, what did you tell me, 19 down to 15? 14 the yes. ages and uh yeah. yeah his little his 14 year old she has always been a female version of mike neal he yeah she scares oh, me yeah <laughs> yes yeah she is a little fireball he is she's so gonna be a, oh and yeah i just hope i can keep her out of jail <laughs> <laughs> you need to you need to be sheriff till she hits adulthood <laughs> yeah i've got it well that's that's why i ran again because uh in four years, you know, she'll be 18. We're good to go. Yes, so exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you're no longer responsible. <laughs> exactly. But right. they are three of the prettiest girls I have ever seen. They are pretty girls. And they are you all can very see that young one. She's, and, and she's been in the gym and working out. And yeah, she's the baby's she's the pretty. one that's going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. That's where all the gray hair is starting to come in. It's not to shoot out. It's a kid. <laughs> so talk to us about you. You leave game and fish. How many years did you have with them when you left? Seven. I had okay. seven years. I left as a corporal. And six uh, trucks. And six, <laughs> seven. seven. I went through seven. seven. Yeah, I got a new one. Remember? And I tore it up, too. Yeah. Right. Matter of fact, that new one's fender's hanging on my on my wall at home. I tore the whole side off that truck in a chase. That was an interesting phone call, too. But $8,000 worth of damage. But, and I have to yeah, tell was, you, too, I, this is – I. 
went to D.C. this this year for Police Week to yeah. honor my friend Chris Ferrara with his family and and right. went to the museum. And I have to tell you, even as the pictures I've seen of your truck, I'd never seen the truck in person, but I'd seen the pictures and everything of it. But I have to tell you, it it really caught me off guard. And when oh, I saw wow. it, boy, I stood there and cried like a baby <laughs> because yeah. it was so much worse than the pictures. Yeah, it, it really is. It, there's a love-hate relationship with that truck yep. with me. Um, you know, it sat, it sat at our training center under a carport for years, mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Um, and I'd go up there and I'd look, make sure it's still sitting over there. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see it. It sat back in the corner. Uh, you know, it was still there. We're good. You know, and then the time came when they ordered destruction of everything. They destroyed the van. They ordered destruction on the truck and my rifle and all that. Your and, rifle uh, too, really? Yeah, they were going to destroy it too. Why? So I, I called uh, the the museum, uh, Craig Floyd. Yeah. Uh, Bill Albert and Craig Floyd are the ones that got that done. And they, they come got the truck. Before they come got it, they said, hey, they're going to pick it up on this day. Do you want to come see it? And I was like, yeah, sure, I do. So I went up and... uh Really, the first time I had been around it since the shooting it was about two years later. Mm-hmm. And I went over and I sat in that truck. I got in it. Wow. Sat down in the seat. And that was a big mistake. <laughs> that was a bad reset for me. Caused me a lot of problems. Stuck my fingers in the holes, you know. And it really, really messed me up for a long time. But uh, they come and got it. And then it went in a warehouse for seven years mm-hmm. uh, up in Virginia. So they called and they said, hey, the museum's opening. Come up for the parties, festivals. Uh, we're going to let you in, let you see it. You know, um, the day before, Clint Eastwood was there. Really? Yeah. Um, and I remember the anticipation of seeing it. Boy, uh, it was eating me up. And when I walked in and saw it, I lost it. Yep. So, me too. Yeah. And still, even, even now, you know, I've been up here a lot. And they let me come in during COVID. They'd let me come in mm-hmm. and see the truck or bring people in. And I'd sit on that bench. It's an NRA bench. sits right across from it. That's where I'd I cried. Sit there yeah. Yeah. It chokes me up thinking about it. Cause you, yeah. you, like I said, the pictures. You don't realize how bad it is. No, you really it. don't. It, the pictures can never do it justice of no. what went on that day. And, um, you know, for those who haven't been to the memorial uh, or the museum, it is the very first thing you see hmm. as you come in. It is yeah. right across from the gift shop, and it's elevated up, and they have his story on a on a little plaque there. And and I know people. The video must, plays underneath it. Yes. They're and supposed to be moving that. People must have been thinking, what is wrong with this woman? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't really agree. care. <laughs> yeah. It, um, it was shot up. Yeah. Now they have the rifle. The rifle is there now. Okay. Uh, so what I've was used. But you said they were going to destroy it. Yeah. So somehow the Game of Fish kept the rifle. Okay. So that was uh, supposed to have been given to me when I left Game of Fish. Uh, they didn't do it. They wouldn't give it to me. It was a big fight for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I finally got it released from Game and Fish. And they, the the congressman that got it all done asked me, he said, "What where you want it shipped to? And I, I gave him the address of D.C. And he said, why are you sending it there? And I said, because well, that's where it belongs. Mm-hmm. He said, now I went through all this and you don't want this gun personally. And I said, no, I don't want it. 
I said, it needs to be with the truck in the museum. That's where they belong. And uh, he said, I can't believe you're not going to take this gun. I said, no, I don't want it. I said, I've got five more in the case just like it. I said, I don't, sure. I, I don't have to have it. I said, I want it with the truck. So there's, they're going to make a display and they've gone through some personnel changes and I'm not sure where they're at on all that, but yeah, I didn't they're supposed it. to move. Yeah. It's not on display yet. Okay. It's in locking right now Okay, because they're going to move the, they're supposed to bring it up on the railing in front of the truck and have the gun and the video playing together there. See, I don't right remember the, the video place. either. So the video is right underneath the front bumper in that case, right on the corner of the case. And it's about that big. That's it's why tiny. I was crying. I couldn't see it. <laughs> yeah, it's, if you're not looking for it, you, you'll never see it. Okay. And you don't really realize what it is. They're supposed to change that. Good. They didn't realize, I think they didn't realize the draw the truck had. Yes. Because now they're like, that truck brings a lot of people in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell my story all over the country and they want to go see it. Sure. So, yeah. Well, and it's, you know, I didn't even go through the rest of the museum. They did it not, affected yeah. me and I said, this is all I really needed right. to see. And, I, you know, and yeah. I was already in an emotional state being up there with Chris, sure. the loss yeah. of Chris and everything. And I thought, this is all I needed. I took some pictures, sent them to Marshall. And, and I said, that's really all I needed to come for and left. They, did they have the tape off the windshield then or? Was it clear? The windshield clear? Yes. Yes. There, okay, I, I don't remember any tape on the windshield. Good. Yeah. So when they picked it up originally in the museum, it was all taped up. The uh -huh. windshield was all had blue tape all over it. You couldn't hardly see anything. Oh, no. You could. You now could that see they, uh, they spent like $25,000 on it, had it glass glued in and pedestals holding the windshield and the back glass was just hanging by window tent this whole time. Yeah. And they glued all that in where it'd be permanent. Yeah, so it's, no, it, it's on permanent display. No, I could I could see the holes, and I just kept thinking, how in the hell is he alive? Right. Other than the no, grace of yeah. God, that's all it was. That's it. Guardian angel. Because yeah. there's no way you can look at that and and go, oh yeah, that was a piece of cake. Yeah, that was easy. <laughs> no, I see why he did not. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, it it uh, is it is quite a, a thing. And I remember it was really funny when the a lot of the officers in Alabama uh, found out I knew you, and they they just we're like, bring him down. We need to buy him a beer. Everybody, <laughs> and you'd be a damn alcoholic if everybody bought oh, you a I beer in this country yeah. that wanted to. You make sure you're holding a beer bottle all the time because yeah. somebody's going to bring you on. Yeah. A lot of times you're holding two. So. Yeah. so, you know, as we start wrapping up, but what I want you to do is, you know, you're in a whole different position now. And this country is in a very different place. Cool. If yeah. that had happened today, do you think the support would have been the same? No, absolutely not. Uh, they, they, they would have tried to send me to jail and everything else. Uh, you know, two dogs died in that. They would have, they would have charged me with the, the death of the dogs. Yep. You know, they just that kind of stupid stuff. We don't, you know, the left has beat this country into submission that we're the bad guys that demoralized us, that defunded us. I see it here in my community. I've been de defunded. Uh, 48, 49% of my budget's been cut. And he's a small um, county. They, I'm I mean, in a tiny county. Geez. Yeah. Um, so I see it even here. And, you know, we're doing the best we can in this small environment with nothing. We're on a shoestring budget to protect the people. You know, Crazy. But I promise you they call when they need us. And, but, you know, yeah. Mike has a training company. And uh, and a trucking company. I'm not sure what that's about. You're not spending yeah, time little, on the other end of the shot. border. You gotta have some money on the side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you're not coming down, crossing this border, and coming back. 
<laughs> oh, absolutely not. No, I don't even go to Arizona. You have to have too many permits to go to Arizona. <laughs> and you still got the funeral business going in the family. And, uh, do, yeah. <laughs> but you know, we need to get him out here to tell his story. They, they do yeah. a three day training and you know, it, yeah, it occurred to me until just now, uh, it's an active shooter. We need to get with Mark Lamb. Right. And and your friend who's his chief deputy or undersheriff, whatever they call him these days. <laughs> everybody changes the damn names all the time. Um, but I bet I bet they'd want to bring them in. Yeah. He they, just needs somebody would. to host it and provide a location. Yeah. because um, he's never been yeah, out. Yeah, we do an ambush firearms training. We we have a lot of stuff. Our website's nnftraining.org. And you can look us up on YouTube, see a lot of our videos, NNF training on YouTube. And kind of see what we do. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll get with them and uh, talk about it because you and you and Mark Lamb are going to be very good friends. <laughs> <laughs> Mark stood up at a Arizona Narcotics Officers Association conference two years ago, and Grossman was there. He had never met Grossman, so I had a chance to introduce him. And Grossman yep. actually talked about him in, in his training after meeting him because Mark got up in front of. How many? How many in that room that we went this year was the same room? Oh yeah, several hundred. Yeah, several hundred. And uh, Mark got up in front of him two years ago, and he's got his cowboy hat on, and he's not a little fella either. And he gets up, and you got the head of DEA, FBI, U.S. Marshal, U.S. Attorneys, all these people there. And he goes, he points off to the left, and he said, "This half of the room is not going to like me when I finish." And he said, but the right-hand side of this room is going to love me. And they all start clapping and applauding. And and he goes, he starts talking. I can't give you verbatim, but basically the message was that we got a bunch of spineless, ballless wonders running police departments and sheriff's departments Absolutely. and federal law enforcement agencies. And y'all need to basically grow a set and start backing up your people. Yes. And he, I told him, I said, Mark, it was everything I could do not to stand up and scream, preach it, brother. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, but you guys would get along very well. And, but how do you keep your guys motivated? How many do you have under you now? I have four. Okay. And that's about what you've maintained. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So you're not short staff. People aren't just walking away from it. I'm short of a deputy right now. Okay. Uh, getting law enforcement in today's time is is hard you hey. know nobody yeah nobody wants to uh, especially uncertified here in Monroe County starts out about 25,000 a year you hear that people listening wow 25,000 that's under poverty yeah and and you can't scream oh but cost of living is less because the reality of the matter is it's actually less <laughs> for me to live out here than it was for me to live in Alabama hmm uh, we're still paying three fifty a gallon. Yes, you know, gasoline and five dollars a gallon diesel out here, and you know, four dollars a gallon of milk. So yeah, the cost yeah. of living's nope, not that much less. Uh-uh. And you know, it's it's just um, when you're talking about four people again, that's four people. Everybody in your county is going to know all your deputies. Oh, 100%. Everybody knows everybody here. So they know who they don't like and who they do like, and I'm sure there are complaints all the time over nothing. How do you keep them motivated? Oh, it's hard. Uh, You know, my guys... My guys are here, and uh, they'll tell you they're they're mainly here for me more than they are the county. I'm sure. Uh, They're that loyal. Um, They've stuck around for me to help me because they know we're on the path of trying to make things better. Absolutely. And I think they see the light. You know, and and the lights coming, and we're gonna we're gonna be okay. 
but motivation for all of us is hard and law enforcement throughout the United States, not just in Monroe County, Arkansas. Sure. The entire U.S., you know, the morale is low Oof. among us, you know. Yeah, Tom and I taught a, a, the last class we taught at Phoenix Police Academy, and we're talking about the third largest uh, <clears throat> agency in the country. And in their academy class week two, was that week <laughs> yeah, one or week two? Week two. Um, five in the academy class. Five. All Phoenix class. That's it. <laughs> yeah, was that it? was it. Five. That's what we were oh. like, what is going on and here? We're, there were supposed to be six. And right. one quit. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Now, the classes are a yeah, little that's... bigger, um, but, yeah. again, we've lowered some standards. And there's a lot of stuff going on in all the departments everywhere right. nationwide. But, uh, you know, things have got to change. And I think we're going to see a change in November. And let's hope it's not too late to start getting the right. pendulum swung back the other yeah. direction in this country. Well, we're way off right now, that's for sure. We yeah. definitely are, and it's just, really, it's not doing anything but endangering the public and endangering our law enforcement. And, again, that's part of why we do what we do, because people in law enforcement, families, even fire, you know, they're talking out here about firefighters wearing body cams. And you should see the looks uh, on their I, faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should, honestly. You know, it, that all started out as – a punishment for law enforcement, yes. but it's helped us in so many ways, exactly. you know, but you uh, Zonify cases. And one of the places we have found, and it's my only big criticism of the body cam, other than you don't get all angles and that kind of stuff. It's easy right. to make it look like you want it to look. Um, but, you know, we've always talked about humor in this job and the sick humor. You know, we have yeah. found studies that show that when you can use sick humor, your body sends a message to your brain. This has no power over me. And you never use sick humor with children. But right. now, because of body cams, nobody's using sick humor over anything because they can get disciplined. Look right. at our Border Patrol guys. Sure. We can't get them for whipping people with reins. <laughs> you know? Right. So instead, we'll just go after them and punish them for the language that yeah, they used. Which is crazy. Yeah. Which is stupid. That is stupid. And um, so that's the only real big negative that we have found is that it's limited that ability to use sick humor. So yeah. the garbage cans are filling up faster. And so we're even seeing it, you know, and, and the old timers are going, what do you mean? You've only got three years on and you're struggling. <laughs> well, because those three years have been body cams where they couldn't do the things the old timers right. used to do. Right. And it's time. That's that, stuff I used to do when I was a deputy. You sure can't do now. So. Oh, I, amen. Exactly. And uh, that's part of what we'll be teaching in the supervisor class. It's called why good cops make, quote, bad, close quote, decisions. Right. Because they're not bad people. No. Right. But we're not giving them what they need. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like one, the last class we taught at Haida, they actually do anonymous surveys about the training afterwards. And uh, one of them actually wrote out how they actually were planning basically to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. But because of this training, they now had an understanding and the tools right. that they needed that they could now go on. Yeah, they could see some light in all the darkness that they're living in. Yeah, because it explained it, and then they had the tools of what to do about it for the sleep deprivation and the, the full garbage cans. Right. And that just motivated us even right. more. And so we need, to, we need to work to get you out here, um, just like you and I were yeah, talking about. Yeah, we'd love to come out. Before yeah. we started recording, we were talking about the difference in PTSD and PTSI, and Grossman is now on board and all of that. And um, so, you know, we'll we'll work to try to make that happen out here. 
Because they be used, awesome. have you taught? Did did I bring you out to teach out here? I can't remember. We did um we did one thing at like a old movie theater or something out there one time. Yeah, um, now I don't remember what it was. I spoke very briefly. It yeah. wasn't much. And, um, um, but we maybe been, once or twice. Yeah, we've been up to Illinois and taught up there a couple of yeah. times together with uh, a personal trainer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Colleen, <clears throat> and uh, but you know, I, I want people to understand too that this was not something that you took lightly at all. This really did oh. impact your world from a lot mm-hmm. of angles. And again, you know, one of the things I don't think you and I've ever really had a chance to talk about because so much of it has come out since I started out here. And it came out through a Phoenix police officer that teaches with us who was ambushed. And he he was a Marine. He shot through the vehicle at the guy. And so he was one of these big believers in shooting through the vehicles. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, But it came out. It's not really the shooting of the dad and the, and the son in your garbage can as much as that two officers died before you even got down there. Right. And... The sheriff and undersheriff could have died very easily and probably should have, really, especially the chief deputy or whatever they call him. Yeah, out he, there. Was, he was bad injured. Yeah, because yeah, he was in a hospital wide open with his wounds for months, wasn't months, it? Yeah. Months. He's still, you know, I talked to him, uh, it's been about a week and a half, two weeks ago, and he still hasn't, he's still not going to recover 100%. Uh, he's yeah. still having complications from it. Well, and he wasn't a spring chicken when it happened. He was 70, I think he was 71, 72, somewhere along there. Yeah, yeah. So it's a miracle he's made it to 80, to be honest with you. Right. But, you know, this isn't, we've laughed a lot today because there are funny stories that do make this easier. But the reality is, is we also do this podcast to honor Brandon Powder and Bill Evans. Absolutely. And that's that's why I've continued to. I continue to train and train officers, you know, in, in their memory. Yes. Um, and thank know, heavens for that FedEx can, driver. Yeah, that we can that save them. And, yeah, and did. called dispatch right. and reported it. Because today, mm-hmm. citizens are too quick to want to video it to get an officer or somebody in trouble. Right. Right. And that that was pretty amazing. So, you know, like we honor Chris Farrar and everything we do. We also want to make sure we're honoring Brandon and his family. And uh, Bill and Absolutely. and all Bill. that loved and worked with him and all the other officers who do make the ultimate sacrifice right. that, that citizens just don't really understand that. Can't comprehend it. No, not at all. And, and you know, when you hear people say, well, well, they get paid to get killed in the line of duty. <laughs> what? Well, uh, here's uh, my question. They get paid to come help you. Yeah, I think they're paid right. to die. But what yeah, I exactly. want to know is what kind of salary? Do yeah, what's that dollar amount? Because I'm not getting it. Because yeah. <laughs> ain't no I'm gonna need some more money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Mike, we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy day. And and again, no, thank you all. You know, you you. I am so honored just to be able to call you my friend and someone that that <laughs> has supported under the shield and the things that we do, and to be able to share the stage with him. And we're gonna get you out here. We yeah, need to be awesome. Here. Yes. Uh-oh. Just let me know when you're all ready. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to the sheriff down in Pinell County and see what else we can work out and get you up here. And if we can ever do anything for you, your guys, make sure they have our number. And that, I will. that toll-free number that everyone in law enforcement, first responders, and families, this is important that we emphasize, families can call us also. Yes. And that number is 
two, three, four, eight. My cell, I don't even call it personal anymore because I, I don't have a life. Mike, I have no life. Uh, I work seven days a week, 365 days a year, but never work a day in my life. And uh, that number is 334-324-3570. And my cell phone number is 480-861-6574. And we'll make sure our producer, who isn't with us today, but we'll make sure he puts your website for your training right. and all yeah. of that stuff in the body of the uh, podcast and so that people will know how to reach you. Yeah. We have our emails and all that information on our, our website also. Okay. And we'll make sure all that is, is available. If people want to call you to come in to do some training and I would encourage every agency out there, you know, if you're a small department, get, make it multi-agency. Mike doesn't care. He has no limit. No, Just like we don't, don't. you know, you got a venue that'll hold a thousand. He'll be happy to come in there. Absolutely. Well, Mike, the best to your girls and um, Thank you. your parents. Are they both still living? Yep. Doing good. Yeah. Please, doing tell them, doing well. please tell them hello and your brother. And I had the honor of meeting them Absolutely. when I was out there at the Duck Lodge. <laughs> I wasn't sure I was going to survive. But anyway, I was one of the only females out there. But that was fun. If I'd known about videoing at that point, <laughs> that could have been a lot of fun. <laughs> good thing we don't have video all the time. So. <laughs> And good luck in your campaign. Absolutely. Thank I have, you. I have Absolutely. no doubt if anybody in Arkansas and Monroe County is listening, you are an idiot if you don't vote for this man. Because <laughs> he, I have no doubt, is a Mark Lamb right. from Monroe County, and he's going to back his people and make sure they're doing the right thing at the right time to defend the people there. Right. And so love you. Miss you. We're going to get y'all. back Absolutely. together soon. Yeah. And uh, y'all just let me know when you're ready and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get it together. That's Absolutely. for sure. Well, take care and let us know if we can do anything for you, for all of you listening. Thank you for the sacrifices that you make. We always want to thank the families because they make the biggest sacrifices yes. of holidays and birthdays and little league games and uh, everything else. Putting and, up with, with us when we come home from work. Well, exactly. <laughs> and, Grabby. Yeah. And again, we encourage y'all to please talk to your families at some level. Yes. And uh, God bless you. God bless your families. And God bless this great nation that we live in. And we're going to watch this pendulum swing back where law enforcement is respected I hope we do it in my lifetime Boy, again. I'm 63. Too. It's it's day for day right now, according <laughs> to my child. Um, but Mike, again, thank you for your time. And thank you. let us know if we can ever do anything for you. Awesome. Yes, ma'am. Take care and come back to see us next week. We will have, who do we have? Uh, do we know? Cindy, a firefighter. Oh, a firefighter. Retired. Yes, a retired firefighter will be on. And uh, so y'all come back and visit us at Under the Shield Presents. Not prevents, Tom. <laughs> Fight in progress. I only said it once. Stay safe out there. Take care. We love you. And we'll look forward to having you back next time.